Welcome back, everyone, to the Xamarin Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest and greatest in mobile development for Xamarin developers, covering the world of Xamarin, .NET, Azure, and more. I'm Matt Sokup. And I'm James Montemagno. Oh, my goodness. Matt, Matt, Matt. It is August. I cannot believe that the year is basically done already. I know. We're eight months in, four to go. What is that? Eight divided by four is like two-thirds. I don't know. I don't do math anymore. I got a calculator. But yeah, it's almost done. It's It's, almost done. It's crazy. Every time I wake up, I'm just like, um, how did we get this far? And like, I don't want it to be fall yet. I don't want it to get all gray outside. And and uh, I don't know. It's 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 fascinating. That is uh, this year is definitely fascinating, to say the least. But uh, I'm glad that we're here. We're back and we got a lot of news. You know, we had some big releases uh, this this month uh, from Xamarin Forums and new versions of Visual Studio. Do you just want to hop into it, Matt? Yeah, will do. And Xamarin Forms 4.8, which, you know, kind of like is August, the, the point eight, right? And you got four more months of the year. How do, how do you like that? I worked that in. You know, it's kind of like that transition. Anyways, there's some pretty cool new features in there. And uh, one of the cool new features is the way to draw some things. Like you can fill things, some things in. You have a frame. You want to fill it in with a gradient. Xamarin Forms 4.8 can do that for you. And it's with... um with different type of brushes, as we call it. So we're now getting down kind of in the low-level things here with uh, drawing that you can do a um, like a linear gradient brush with Xamarin Forms. And so a linear gradient is you start with one color and it transitions nicely to the other color. Mm-hmm. It's, it's your typical gradient. So th- that's one type of brush um, that Xamarin Forms has introduced. You also have a radial radial gradient brush which is like you're going to a circle type of uh gradient that we're all kind of familiar with and you can do gradient stops in the middle too so with different offsets to like say all right i don't want my circle to be exactly in the middle i want to you know offset over to the side or something so you can do a lot of different things with these uh gradients and these brushes and i know james you're all about the gradients um it's a new hot thing. So what do you think of these things? Are you are you super excited? Have you used them yet? I have. Yeah, they're super rad. We had Shane on the Xamarin community stand up earlier this month, and it's super cool. I mean, it's great because I've been using Pancake View for a long time. Pancake View did go into version 2.0, added more platforms, more support. But what's nice about this is that since it's just a brush that can be applied to backgrounds or other colors, it means that it works everywhere, right? It works on any control in which there is a color. So anything that you want to do, you're not limited to it. Now, I will say, like, of course, I'll still use Pancake View, and there'll be some unification of the APIs, which I love, um, because those are, you know, add some additional things on top of it. But I love this because they even extended some uh, parts of Shell that people may not have been um, using before, to adopt these gradients. So now you can set the flyout backdrop color and you can set it to a gradient. So that's cool. So when people are flying in and out, you can have gradients that automatically um, actually sets the opacity differently on it. So these are cool, man. I think that just having them built in, if you can understand the gradient stops or just have ever used gradients before, and the same API from WPF from my understanding. So they're all there. It's good to go. Nice. I love it. Yeah, that flyout backdrop color, when I was reading about it, it's like, I thought it was the actual flyout that you can change the color on. I'm like, okay, 
big deal, right? Yeah. The it's not that. It's the thing that's behind the flyout mm-hmm. that that's changing the color. It's like, oh, that's kind of neat. And so yeah, you can make that a gradient. And, and I think you hit on a, a great point, James, is that the brushes are a feature of anything that has a color. It's it's not a necessarily like you're not creating a frame. You don't need a frame for this. It's just anything that has a color you can apply these brushes to. Yeah. So that's that's pretty neat. And um, another thing that we have in 4.8 is drag and drop support. So you can move an item, you know, you know, around a screen um, or even to another application. And the first thing I thought that would be this would be great for is the surface duo coming out mm-hmm. when you have a duo screen and you, maybe you want to you have two applications over open at the same time drag one from one over to the other and i haven't tested it out but i'm sure it probably would work um that's behind the experimental flag right now so you have to um go ahead and implement or check that off to make sure you get that going but that's included in the 4.8 and it's a uh, drag or what is it it's a drop gesture recognizer i think that's that's what it is but it's a gesture recognizer and um yeah, that's pretty cool. So it's just kind of like your tap gesture recognizer, except this one's a drop dress gesture, drag gesture recognizer, and a drop one. I think that's yeah. what they both are. Yeah. Yeah. Drag and drop. So there's it's not drag and drop gesture recognizer, but there's a drag and a drop. And you can set true and false. And it's really cool because uh, automatically Xamarin Forms uh, will attempt to sort of serialize out what it is, right? So if it's an image, or text, it will know that it can drag text to another label automatically, and it'll just do the right thing. So if you had images, you could drag those around. Or for example, you could have a customized dashboard and you could say, I'm going to drag this entire element around. Now it's not going to know to reorganize those, but you can add some logic in the code behind because you can intercept any of those events and you could sort of create this interactive dashboard. And again, the API is exactly the same from other platforms like WPF or UWP. So you'd be able to add those in. But you're right. One of the coolest features is that it can also drag and drop to other applications, even non-Xamarin applications. So if your application allows text or image to be dropped onto it, it'll automatically do that. It does the even little like thumbnail thing. That's system level, right? Xamarin Forms isn't doing that but it will serialize it out that do the right thing in the system and it'll drag and drop it across. And you're right for the, the surface duo. It's, it's an ideal scenario. So if you have applications that have text that you want drag and droppable, like into word or something like that, or PowerPoint, how cool would that be? You know, you can have these, you can really integrate well into the new uh, ecosystem there, which I think is cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Xamarin forms moving to integrate with M365. It's one Microsoft, you know, we're, we're all ahead of that stuff. It's true. It's yeah. true. It's it's <laughs> rad. It's really nice. And I mean, going further, right? Not only has Xamarin.Forms 4.8 came out, but we got new versions of Visual Studio, Matt, didn't we? We sure did. Both both Visual Studios, we um, both on the Mac and on Windows. And you know what? As we were going through talking about this before, James, I realized how long it's been since I used Visual Studio on Windows. Um, I'm all about Mac and Visual Studio on Mac, love it. But it's, I have to fire up Visual Studio on Windows a little bit just looking at some of these new features that we have out for it. Um, because one of them is kind of like, I'm going to think about this as like a tool extension onto Xamarin Forms 4.8. We are talking about those gradient brushes. 
we have a property panel now to pick those colors out that you want. Because a lot of times it's really hard. Like, all right, I know I want this light blue color, but how do you pick that light blue color? Mm-hmm. Right? It'd be yeah. nice to have that property panel there so you can kind of get it exactly where you want. And um, so that's out there. Um, there's also, and you taught me a new word today, adornment color adornment um this is in windows only in, in a visual studio so you're typing in a color and you see that color pop up right next to you so you may, may be type, typing a hex code and you see that light blue color that pops up like in a little square right next to it so that's that's super cool so just these little productivity enhancements that go go along with that and um in windows there's now a new git conflict resolution um, windows uh, a whole git flow yeah it's it's great it's like they rewrote the entire git it's you'll see when you go in there it's it's not it's different but it's not completely different if that makes sense like i thought that i was gonna go in here and i was gonna be like oh my goodness i'm not gonna understand what's going on because i'm used to the built-in stuff but it, it's different but also similar enough but there's a lot of enhancements so you can see branching and see all this stuff so it's definitely really cool yeah. Yeah. I love it. And there's some things um, like you could be able to right click to run unit tests. It would be not necessarily Xamarin specific, but you know, everybody should be running their unit tests. I never do, but you should be. And uh, you can also like determine which unit tests you want to run by writing some rules for that. And it's a lot of new key bindings for it. I mean, all these incremental steps is really visual studio for both platforms is awesome. And all these, I don't want to call them little, but these new features are making them even better. So it's it's exciting to see. Yeah, it's super rad. There's all sorts of good stuff. You definitely have to check out these releases. Update today if you haven't. I updated mine. It's pretty quick. I'm pretty excited. And it's cool just to all of a sudden you have new features and new cool things. And there's tons of refactorings built into both VS and VS for Mac. So definitely give it a go. And in fact, if you are a Visual Studio or Visual Studio for Mac enthusiast like I am myself, uh, there's a bunch of cool new shows over on the Twitch Visual Studio, twitch.tv slash visual studio. In fact, on Mondays, uh, Mads Christensen does Visual Studio remote office hours where he interviews people from the Visual Studio team. That's really cool. It's at 11 a.m. Pacific. And then on Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific, he's doing live coding where he's building extensions for Visual Studio Live, which is something I've always wanted to understand how to do more. And there's just not a lot of, you know, videos or documentation on how to do it. And Mads is like the dude, he's like the extensions yeah. dude. So, uh, he's doing that live on the, the Twitch visual studio, we'll put a link in the show notes, but twitch.tv slash visual studio. It's super cool just to see more live streaming content come. Yeah. I mean, it's, do we have more time to do this streaming? I don't know, but it, there is definitely more streaming coming out now. And there's a lot of cool things like what Mads doing. So definitely keep your eye on that channel. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So you got the new releases. Go get that stuff. Update to Xamarin Forms 4.8. I already have. And uh, also, we have some great blog posts from the Xamarin team and also from the community. The first one's from Charlyn, uh, who goes um, at zamgirl.com. Uh, she did a guest blog post uh, on the Xamarin blog um, all about doing multilingual applications in Xamarin Forms. So she wrote up this blog post from her learnings. Um, she's written some plugins on NuGet as well. So she sort of talks about her learnings of translating applications, um, how to change things at runtime, how to bind to XAML, 
and also talks about just some quirks. You know, since we're using platform controls, there's certain things that iOS and Android do. So you can write some effects and you can write some tweaks for different pickers to really sort of uh, fine tune your localization in your application. So it's a really in-depth, great blog post. And she also links to some great tools that she used as well. So that's a good one. It's something that you want to do up front. Don't leave it to the end when all of your text is in your application. Um, because, you know, if you're trying to go global, you want to translate your application up front. So definitely think about that and use some ResX files. It's not too difficult. I've done it before, so it's quite fun. Yeah, it's one of those things that it seems worse than what it could be. And if yeah. you leave it to the end, it's going to be worse than what we think it's going to be. But do it up front. And this article is so great. Um, as I was reading through it, it's like, oh, man, that makes so much sense. Uh, I wish I would have did that for my apps when I when I had to make a multilingual. And it's making an app multilingual is something that you should be doing regardless. Even if you don't want it to go global, there's even if you're just saying like for us, James, if we are just keeping it in the U.S., we should make it multilingual anyway. So yeah. this is something you should keep front of mind. So. This kind of next one kind of goes into, I think it kind of goes into the last thing that we were talking about or what I was talking about with the uh, gradient brushes and all that is because it's more drawing. How about shapes and paths? So James, let's, let's step back. How much time have you ever spent with like Skia Sharp drawing out paths and stuff like that? A lot. A lot. Really? No, not at all. <laughs> I, I, I should. I should because you know a lot of a lot of developers I talk to are very familiar with the system drawing API and manually drawing stuff, and a lot of people go to Skia Sharp because they can just draw things manually. It's been a while since I've gone in and done stuff. I like the pre-baked controls. I'm a big fan of you do all the drawing. I'll just hang back and, and set a few properties. Yeah, me too. And that's one of the things that really was great about Xamarin Forms is that it kind of took care of everything. You never have to drop down and worry about drawing yourself on the platforms but you don't have to now either because we do have stuff we can do shapes and you can do paths now with uh forms so we have things like lines which you can imagine what a line is it's a line but you can stroke it differently you can make uh stroke colors you can uh, say how it um like vertical or horizontal things like that and also ellipses now, we're going to have to go back to geometry class of what an ellipse is, but you can do circles with ellipses because a circle is nothing but a special ellipse. So long story short, and you can do also things like um, when you're doing an ellipse, you can also do these, the stroke of what should go around it and the colors of it and everything else. Pretty advanced things with, with it. And this is the next thing, if you really want to get super advanced, is because you can do paths. And now what's a path? A path is you can say, all right, I want to have one point here and then draw me a line to this next point, essentially. And now you can really start doing some really complicated shapes and really cool looking shapes. And even better is that you can open like an SVG and a text editor and essentially pop that uh, XML then from the SVG in, copy it right into the Xamarin Forms XAML for the path and uh, it just works. Right? You yeah. can kind of just kind of view that SVG, but now it kind of just renders in XAML or in uh, Xamarin Forms through the XAML, XAML path uh, yeah. control. So yeah, super cool. Um, drawing a path 
for me is like, uh, I'm, I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to use the built-in <laughs> control. You know, it's, but now you can do it. I mean, if you ha- especially if you have an SVG already. I do like that you can just take an SVG, multiple paths, shove it in there. Actually, I have Javier coming on the Xamarin show next few weeks talking about uh, this stuff in this blog post, which is really cool. And this is a great blog talking about a lot of the advanced things that you can do with it if you desire. And, you know, that's the best part about it. Ideally, there's a lot of developers out there that are, you know, taking this drawing and building those controls on top of it. And there are some great reference uh, community um, things out there. Definitely take a look at this blog. It's really cool. And all those things are open source. Just grab the code and go. Um, you know, talking about all this stuff too, shapes, paths, gradients, all these great community controls. Um, there's been an amazing um, sort of ignite ignition, if you will, of new developers coming into the Xamarin ecosystem in the last year to two years. And uh, I don't know who it was that retweeted um, Theodora. So Theodora Tataro, she has been working on, she did kind of like the 30 days of code in the summer type of thing. Mm-hmm. She was tweeting about how she was building out this college diary application that would sort of help her track all of her studies and classes and GPAs and exams. And I started to, to see like the beginning of, of her doing this. And, and then someone was treating her, you know, retweeting her pro- progression. I was kind of following, uh, seeing it build, built in the open. I thought it was so cool. And I asked Theodora to do a guest blog post. I love guest blog posts, by the way. Um, sort of her journey into finding Xamarin and what she's been building. So it's really cool because she's a fourth year um, university student specializing in software development. And obviously this year is a lot different than previous years. And she sort of had the summer to think about, you know, what could she want to build or what was next? And she started trying out different uh, app development. She tried Android Studio, went to React Native, but she knew about C Sharp. She did backend sort of web development stuff with C Sharp, found Xamarin Forms and started building this amazing application. Um, it's based on Xamarin Forms. It uses uh, Sync Fusion controls, the, the UX Essential Kit. It also uses the Firebase backend to do online, offline data synchronization, uh, which is cool. She talks about how she built it, um, all the trials and tribulations. It used cool gradients on it. It's got all this cool stuff. And it's cool just to see her journey, to be honest. And and see it, see it come to fruition. She's getting ready to launch in the next few months, but you can follow it um, on on GitHub. And she's constantly adding new stuff to it all the time, which is really fun. It's fun to see apps come together in the open. You know, I have not read this blog post yet, but I can't wait to, to dive through it and actually start following it. Then, yeah. So the community is the best. The Amazon community is the best community by far, and I say it all the time. But we do have the best community, and this is yeah. great. Super great. And you know what? That flows into the next thing I wanted to talk about. Community, right? Community. Uh, the 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 .NET Foundation now has a .NET meet, meetups page. And I don't know if this page is new, but I did discover something on here that's new to me, which is perfect. Um, so if you go to the page, and I will put a link to it in the show notes, is... On the very bottom of the page, there's something called Meetup Resources. So a lot of folks now are running meetups online virtually. And you need, well, right, I need something new to present on. Because sometimes, you know, ideas are hard to come by. Or maybe you're just running a workshop. You just just have a bunch of um, 
like-minded folks to get together and you want to work through something like an all-day hack or something like that. This We have like a .NET events in a box page or even uh, presentations where you can go out and you can um, essentially get a pre-made presentation ready to go. And it just walks you through. If you want to change it, go ahead and change it. I know, James, you put a brand new workshop out there um, for forms. And so, yeah, this is super cool where it kind of gives, at least gives you ideas to jump off with. And it's more than uh, just uh, forms. There's like one on Blazor there too. So you can go exploring some new things. But yeah, there's presentation decks, there's workshops, there's um, even some ebooks out there too, and they're community based. So it's this is just super cool stuff. Um, and you can yeah, base your next meetup off of something that's already created so you don't actually have to do the work. Ah, yeah. No, you're still going to do a little work, but yeah, this is at least you can get an idea off of off of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I did uh, this month, uh, in the last month, re-updated the Xamarin Forms workshop. It takes you from start to finish, building a multi-page application, iOS, Android, Windows. Um, it's really cool. Um, I did this uh, originally at Ignite last year, and I've updated it. I've added paths and shapes. I got to add gradients next, actually, now that that's out. Um, so all this stuff, it's up to date. Right now it's on 4.7 Xamarin Forms. I'll update it to 4.8. And it's all in parts. So you have five different parts and you can start at any time. And there's a, a, a project in all of them. There's a finished project too, which is cool. And then um, I'm working on a new backend module too. So that'll come hopefully before the end of the year. So you can kind of learn about data solutions as well, which I think we'll talk a little bit later on the podcast. But talking about meetups, you're right. There's more meetups than ever going online. And on that meetups page, you'll also find a big button for the .NET virtual user group. And this is super cool because it's a completely free user group um, to join. And the goal of it is twofold. Like right now, there's tons of user groups going online. And let's say you want to participate in them. Well, you got to go join tons of meetups, right? You gotta, you're like, oh, I want to participate in the Seattle one. But I don't know, that New York one looks cool. So I'll go blah, 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 blah all over the place. Wouldn't it be great? If there was just one single meetup user group that you could join and be notified about all of these online virtual meetups happening. Well, that's what this is for. It's not a way to replace meetups, but the idea is promoting and bringing to light like, hey, look at all of these awesome meetups going on because people want to participate, but then also you don't want to like artificially grow your, you know, online user group. And then in five years when COVID's over, you know, then we can go back and then you just have, you know, you're notifying all these people. So the idea is like, Hey, you can just go here and you see everything upcoming. So if you're a user group organizer, there's a simple form you can fill out. You say, Hey, this is my next meetup. And they post it. The Donut foundation posts it on there. Um, and you know, everything like that. It's still private. So people have to register but it enables sort of um, just more people to participate from around the globe. Um, and I think they're going to start doing like .NET Foundation user group meetups too. So you'll be able to find them there, all virtual. Uh, and another thing that's cool too, to top it off, is on that page, let's say you're your user group organizer, but you're like, you know what? I don't have the, you know, the means, the bandwidth to, to, to host. I don't know what tools to use. The .NET Foundation will help you go online. They will help stream your meetup. They'll handle all the logistics, all the streaming to YouTube for you. And you say, I need some help on this meetup. Here's my topic. They set it up and boom, you're good to go. In fact, I've used it for the previous SeattleMobile.net user group. So it's really cool. And um, you can even see past events on the YouTube playlist. So it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I really like that idea a lot. It's um, 
a great way to both as an organizer to get people interested in in uh, the topic that you happen to be talking about, or even the, like a lot of user groups uh, specialize in a certain niche area, or even if you're an attendee to find out about things that you just might be happening interested in, but aren't happening in your area. Yeah, I'm all about it. I hope everyone, if you're a user group organizer listening, get in there, post those events and be good to go. All right, last thing, talking about online events. Last month was the .NET Comp Focus on Microservices, which was absolutely spectacular. Now, I know if you're a Xamarin developer, like, why do I care about this? Well, because maybe you have a backend and you want to deploy some microservices. You want to learn about Project Tie or Kubernetes or or any of these awesome things that are happening in the .NET ecosystem. Go take a look at all the recordings. Um, there's even Workshop that's available too, which is really cool. Um, great sessions. You know, If you're interested in learning about gRPC or REST services or, like I said, Project Tie or Dapper, steel toe, all these things. I have no idea what any of these words mean, but anyway, they're all cool. So they're all, it's all on there. And that really leads to .NET Conf in November, the major huge one coming up as well. So definitely go to .NET Conf. Is it .NET Conf? .NET? .NET Conf. .NET. Perfect. Okay. It's 90 days away from us recording November 10th through the 12th. So definitely give that a look um, as well. So got all the on-demand stuff, including the Xamarin Conf, Xamarin.net Conf from months ago too. Don't forget to watch all those. Super rad. Boom. Yeah. That's the news. Done. Let's get into the cloud news, James. And this first one I want to talk about has nothing to do with the cloud at all. Perfect. However, yeah, however, it could. It could because if you have data in the cloud, you're going to need it on your device. And a great way to do that is with SQLite and NAD Framework. Did you know you could run NAD Framework on device? I knew that it was a thing that you could maybe do that perhaps some people have tried. Thank you for bringing that up. Some people have tried because you know what? We have a quick start out there, right? And go ahead and follow that quick start. But the the experience of running NAD Framework on device on, on with, with Xamarin could be better. And I mean, I'll I'll just be blunt. It it could be better. You know, it's a little bit slow. It works, but it's a little bit slow. And what we need are folks to come out and just, you know, kind of give us their experience, uh, give us some uh, reproduction of where things are actually slow, where where they hit it in their code. And that'll help the team make it better. So this is actually just say, hey, we have a quick start. Here's how you can actually get started, get up and using it. And once you do, help us, help us help you. You know, so it's just, yeah, one of those things. And you can use in any framework. It works just fine, but let's make it better. So, yeah. I like it. I yeah, like that's it. What, yeah, cool. that's what I wanted to say. And um, so last month, my favorite um, cloud service, my new favorite Azure service was Azure SQL. I knew I had, to, I had to pick a new favorite for this month, but I'll keep it with Azure SQL now. Um, and one of the reasons why it's still my new favorite Azure service is because the team behind it just released 61 videos for beginners to get to know Azure SQL. 61 videos. Wow, that's a lot of videos. Yeah, Yeah. so remember what I said that we seem to have more time doing video content now? Yeah, Yeah. it seems seems that way. (laughs) But no, these aren't long videos. They're like broken down in like five to 10 minute chunks. So I mean, they're they're easy to watch if you just need a break from your work, five, 10 minutes or watch over uh, during your lunch break or whatnot, but it's a great way to learn a ton about Azure SQL um, for both developers, or if you want to learn it from um, like an IT pro perspective as well, 
61 of them, you're going to find something in there that you didn't know before and they get ramped up on something and just the pure number of them. Wow. Check it out. There's a lot of work that went behind that. So I like that. I'll yeah, definitely, me too. definitely check it out. Yep. And the other thing, which is about to become my new Azure favorite Azure service and happens to be the Azure service of the month. Can you guess what it is, James? Can you guess? I'm I'm looking at it currently, but not <laughs> I can't guess. I don't know what is it. You what can't is guess. it? We have notes for the podcast and it's written right there. It's Azure app configuration. Ta-da. What is it? <laughs> what is it? Good question. All right. So this kind of actually makes I'm glad we picked it because um it fits right in with this um the microservice thing that we were talking about before. Because a lot mm-hmm. of times what you're gonna have with your microservices, they're gonna be deployed all over the place. And not only that, is that a lot of the microservices are going to need the same um, like database connection strings. So mm. app configurations are things like database connection strings or other configuration values, right? Okay. And so what the Azure app configuration service does is that it gives you like a centralized place where you can... Um, handle all these from so it's like a centralized administrative place for it and you can um dynamically change these things in real time too and where your um microservices or whatnot are running from they'll automatically pick them up and then you can version them you can put them with labels as well you get that nice ui to run them through and so it's this nice centralized place where you can control all your application settings and have a bunch of different, and I'm always saying microservices, but it could be VMs or whatnot, be able to go in and grab them all from a, a single spot because could, they could be spread out all over. And it's really hard. Like, oh, I totally forgot that I have this one service out you know, in North Europe and I forgot about it and I was pulling off the wrong database when I needed to change it. Mm-hmm. One spot, done and done. So, and you, know, you never want to have secrets coded into your app either. So... This is a great place yeah. for it. And it integrates with Key Vault, which might be my favorite service next month. So nice. Next podcast is writing itself. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we do. That's what we do here. I love it. No, I'd love to check that out, that out as well. Because you're right. Sometimes your stuff's all over the place and you just want to bring it together. Well, I love it. All right. Well, that gets us to our pick of the pod. What you got for us, Matt? All right. So I have been doing, and I, I shouldn't be admitting this here, some web <sighs> development lately. Oh my gosh. I know. I know. I, f- I feel bad about it too. However, I've been mixing in some of my previous favorite things about it, identity. And one of the library that I've been using a lot is called the Microsoft.identity.web library. Mm. All right. So what this thing does, it kind of wraps up MCell and makes it super easy to do. So you kind of kind of it plugs right into the whole ASP.net um middleware. Okay. And it's so you get to use all, all the goodness that that middleware does. So you don't have, really have to replace a lot of your code. You do replace a couple things like the initialization. Um, it's a, diff, a different uh, function that you're calling to initialize it. But it makes it easier and you're using mCell on the back end. And you get a whole bunch of, um, I'm going to say, easiness to it. So it's like an update to um, what's currently in there. And uh. you get to use B2C. You get to use Azure AD. It just works. It just works. So, <laughs> yeah, it's in preview right now. So it's not out there for general availability, but um, there's NuGet packages. There's a, a nice wiki 
over on the, where they're developing it on um, on GitHub. So I'll put links in there, and their wiki is great. It actually takes you through step-by-step how to use it. And they're putting new templates into the .NET Run experience. So if you do, uh, not .NET Run, .NET New. So if you want to create a uh, web application, so you do .NET New Web App, you can do .NET New Web App, and you put your dash AU for authentication. It's going to build it up using the identity framework or this Microsoft.identity.web automatically for you. So like like I said, that's not there yet because it's still preview, but that's where they're going to. So new templates, you don't have to worry about switching anything out at all if you're doing a, a Greenfield app. Super cool. It's And it's like the latest and greatest. It uses MCEL, but you don't have to worry about all the MCEL getting down and dirty in the details. Nice. Nice. I like it. Um, I'm going to go with, I mentioned it earlier, our good friend, Steven pancake view 2.0 adds all sorts of new stuff. They added tons of bindable gradient stops, um, a gradient angle onto it. Added Mac OS support as well. He has a brand new API for borders and shadows. Super duper rad. Um, source link support, which is great. Um, yeah, all sorts of good stuff in there. It's completely open source as well. It really plays super well with uh, the Sharpnado suite um, in general. I think they're going to be doing some collaboration in general. So definitely, again, I just kind of continue just to pick this work, but it's super good. Um, and uh, maybe that's my single pick, but I have another pick, which is the Xamarin Forms Community Toolkit. Have you heard about this? I have heard about this. Why don't yeah. you fill us? So why don't you fill the listeners in, though, or refresh my memory even? Yeah, so this thing has gone up and down and up and down forever, 10 years, 5 years, 125 <laughs> years. Uh, now the community, it's it's in the name, Community Toolkit. It's just like there's a Windows Community Toolkit, there is a WPF Community Toolkit, there's all sorts of things. Why not have a Xamarin Forms-based Community Toolkit? So the Xamarin Community Toolkit, run by the community, uh, which is rad, um, oversight from some Xamarin um, team members, and Microsoft team members, even not just at Microsoft. But the idea here is to add a bunch of helpers to make Xamarin Forms development uh, delightful, things that you might just have to write yourself, like behaviors, converters, and effect. They have like 20 different effects and um, converters, like multi-converter, not equal converter, text case converter, all sorts of good things following best practices. Things that you you read in the docs and you got to copy and paste. No, just use this in here. And then they also have some views. So they have a new avatar view and a range slider view, and they're adding more controls and things to it. So it's just getting the off the ground right now. But if you want to contribute, maybe you have a control that you've been building and using for a while, uh, and you want to put it in here. So put it in there, get it in there. There's all sorts of stuff. And there's a sample um, and, and things like that. So give it a look. It's super cool. Nice. Boom. Sounds like the... Community Toolkit could be a source of future Pick of the Pods. Pick of the Pods. Yep, exactly. Nice. nice. Exactly. So there you go. That's it. James. That's the podcast. That's August. Yeah. We did it. Boop, boop. Made it through. We're almost done with the whole year of podcasts. Oh, my goodness. Two-thirds <laughs> of the way done. All right. Well, Matt, well, that's going to do it for this week's pod. You can find us everywhere on the internet. I'm at James Montemagno on Twitter, GitHub, and Twitch. You're at Code Mill Matt. Is that correct? Code Mill Matt. Code That's correct. Mill Still Matt. am. Still there. The you can go to Xamarin. Will be. 
forever you and on twitter and on github yeah there you're there and dot com and dot com look at that oh my goodness wow consistent branding that's that's the key for a good personal brand tune in for my next code mail matt talks about branding (laughs) i like it talk about branding i'll talk about branding i love branding all right well that's gonna do for this week's podcast thanks everyone for tuning in and until next time this has been your samurai podcast 